And I guess good morning to you once again. If you are just joining us today, this is gospelbestradio.com, your community Christian internet talk radio with a mission to engage the contemporary culture with the mind of Christ. It's Tuesday, the 24th of October, 2023. The program is on the Lord's side, Christian perspectives on news and current events. We want to begin today. Yes, by quickly noting uh, a development on one of the stories that we that we engaged with yesterday, the story of that Nigerian student in the Philippines who was allegedly murdered by a gang of Chinese persons. And now we are reading from Punch newspaper as well as uh, from other newspapers from Nigeria uh, that the Nigerians in Diaspora Commission has resolved to probe that murder. And of course, you can recall that we, as well as with many other uh, commentators, of course, called on the Nigerians in Diaspora Commission to probe that murder. What we have so far is just the report by a friend of the slain student who on his twitter page reported how his friend was killed by a gang of chinese men in the philippines and how uh, he the friend who reported this story has seen horrible and horrific videos of the trauma that that deceased student passed through and we do hope that the nigerians industrial commission would see this through Truly, truly investigate it. We know that there are always uh, diplomatic concerns and other considerations in these matters, but I do hope that uh, this will be seen to its logical conclusion that if indeed uh, this this man, uh, the deceased student, was dealt with unfairly, unjustly, was was uh, was beaten to death as alleged, that those who perpetrated that are uh, horrible and unjust action will be brought to book and punished we pray for grace for all those who have been involved in this investigation we also pray that the lord himself the lord who knows what is in the darkness him, him who knows what is in the darkness we bring it to light in the name of jesus amen amen and amen and that leads us to the first story we are considering this morning talking about the lord who knows what is in the darkness i've been trying to Memorize a portion from, from Daniel 2. Uh, you know, in Daniel 2, when King Nebuchadnezzar threatened to kill all the wise men in Babylon, including uh, Daniel and his friends, Daniel told his friends, look, let us pray to the God of heaven so that he will reveal to us the king's dream. And the Lord did reveal the secret to Daniel in a night vision. And from verse 20 of Daniel 2, Daniel blessed the God of heaven. He said, blessed be God forever and ever. For wisdom and might are his, and he changes and he changes the times and the seasons, he removes kings and lifts up kings, he gives wisdom to the wise, he gives understanding to those who have knowledge. And then he said, He reveals deep and secret things, he knows what is in the darkness. And that takes us to the story, an unfortunate story, really, of a pastor who committed suicide after sex scandal after a sex scandal was leaked on a church's whatsapp group and there are many angles to engage with this story and one of them of course is what i mentioned earlier on 
what I'm saying is that God knows what is in the darkness. That's that's one angle. There are many other other angles, and we're going to get to them. Uh, this report says a Christian cleric of the United Methodist Church, identified as Oscar Mohanana, reportedly committed suicide following the leakage of his adultery scandal on the church's WhatsApp group. The cleric, who was a reverend at the Harare East District Superintendent in Zimbabwe, engaged in extramarital affair with a female youth in the church. There were reports that the audio of a secret sexual engagement with the said lady leaked on the WhatsApp group of the church. I mean, just imagine that. Imagine the shame and the disgrace that must have confronted him when this was leaked on the church's WhatsApp group. Imagine that. So, I mean, just think of of a clergy a clergyman, uh, a vicar, or a pastor of a church, expectedly, I mean, ordinarily respected and revered, to have the audio or the video of that person's uh, sexual dalliances uh, with with an unmarried person linked on the WhatsApp group. It is. It, it is most embarrassing it will be most embarrassing and and that will even be be saying the list of it that i mean that would be that would, that would be even being if you music about it i mean I, I do not know the word to describe it it would be most disgraceful most shameful and of course that's exactly what happened to this man and we have to engage with, with this story with all with all sense of of caution and reverence as well. Right. Because first, we look at this story and I'm assuming, I may be wrong, but I'm assuming and I think that the reasonable assumption here is that the adultery actually took place, but because I would say to myself, the reason why I'm proceeding on this assumption is that if it did not take place, if somebody was lying against that this man, that he would not commit suicide, he would want to, I would want to disprove the allegation, he would want to say that, look, this is not true, it did not happen, and somebody just concocting lies against me. I'm proceeding on the assumption, and I believe it is reasonable, on the assumption that it took place and the exposure of it was quite embarrassing and he couldn't live he couldn't face up to it and he committed suicide should they have committed suicide that's another uh, that's another question we are going to engage with today but the first thing i think we can have on the on a matter like this from christian perspectives is the reality that uh, there is nothing hidden that will not be exposed and i think looking through the scriptures and even in our own lives you find that I mean, okay, first let's talk about Psalm 32. Look at Psalm 32 where David prayed saying, Blessed is the man whose transgression is forgiven, whose sins are covered by the Lord. It, it, it tells us that there are instances when the Lord covers our sins and our transgressions. It does not bring them into light. Why? Because those sins are confessed and because the Christian engaged in that sin immediately and soon after confessing that sin, repents of it, goes to God and says, Lord, I'm sorry. Lord, I've done this. 
he does not hide his sin. As the Bible says, as the person who hides his sin will not prosper. To the Christian who does not hide his sins, the Christian who goes to God and, and lays his cards on the table and says, Lord, I have sinned. This is what I have done. I'm sorry. And I repent. And I repent of my righteousness. Please do not deal with me in your anger. To, to the Christian who says that, I firmly believe that the Lord will forgive as he has promised, First John, and not only that, those sins are covered and there are many believers, many saints who can testify to that and one of them will be David when he, when he wrote Psalm 32 saying, blessed is the man whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered by the Lord. The Lord covers the sins of his saints when they they they, they uh, they acknowledge their sinfulness when they confess it and they repent. They repent of them. But sometimes, even those of us who are on the Lord's side, who are the Lord's, we fail to to make amends as quickly as we should. Many Christians tarry in sin, notwithstanding that the Holy Spirit keeps on nudging them and saying to them, "Stop! Stop! Stop! Stop!" They tarry in sin. They tarry in sin. And the Holy Spirit is there to nudge us, to say, look, you are, you are engaging in sin, you should stop, you should stop this. And the Holy Spirit will make, make us uncomfortable when we continue in sin, when we persist in sin. So uncomfortable that we are not able to carry on a good relationship with the Lord God Almighty. So uncomfortable that I will just find that we cannot, uh, that we have no rest. But you see, some of us then notwithstanding that persist in the sin and I believe that is the occasion when God will then expose such sins and if the Lord exposes sins the sins in the lives of his saints his redeemed ones not merely to disgrace them not primarily to disgrace them but to call them to repentance when the Lord exposes sin in the life of a believer it is not just to disgrace that. It is not primarily to disgrace. The disgrace that comes from it uh, is always just a side, a, a byproduct of the action. The main purpose of the action is to call that person to repentance, to say, hey, stop what you're doing. And I have to, uh, you know, you know what is called the shock treatment. Sometimes uh, they say that a patient needs the, the shock treatment. Just, somebody just That person needs to be shocked uh, back into, into repentance. I understand that there is a pastor uh, in Nigeria, a popular pastor. I cannot remember, I cannot recall his name now. I don't want to mention a name that is not the name, but I know that I was discussing with my sister uh, recently. Uh, who has a thriving ministry in the southwest part of Nigeria, a highly revered, uh, revered uh, minister, really, who, uh, who, was, who got himself entangled in, in an adulterous affair and his ministry suffered for it, but I understand that he has come back now because uh, when that matter was, was exposed, he took responsibility, he stepped away from the ministry and obviously he prayed and has been restored by God and has now come back into his ministry and the ministry is thriving again. Uh, that is always the purpose of God uh, when he exposes the sins in the lives of his saints. And of course, disgrace is not something to be taken lightly. It's not something, it's not something to be taken lightly. Nobody should be out there saying, well, if God shocks me and, and exposes my sin, then I, I mean, you don't want to go through, uh, through an episode like that. And that is why when the Holy Spirit nudges you, when the Holy Spirit says to you, stop this, stop that, stop this, stop that, oh, oh that you will listen and repent and desist from what the Holy Spirit is asking you 
not to engage in. Now, I'm, that's one. That, that, that's the first engagement with this story. The second engagement is to really be sympathetic uh, with this pastor from Kenya who committed suicide after his adulterous relationship was leaked on his own church's WhatsApp group. I mean, imagine again. I said it earlier, but imagine again the embarrassment, the disgrace, the shame. Not only to himself, not only to his own wife, not only to his own children, not only to his own church, but also to the name of Christ. I mean, just imagine that. I mean, even if the person, this person, was not a pastor, was not the leader of a church, even for a Christian, a Christian whose sin becomes exposed to the whole world, brings disgrace not only to himself, not only to his family, but also to the name of God. And I think that must be the most punishing aspect of it, of, of it all. That must be the most distressing, the, the most distressing aspect of it all for a Christian, for a believer to bring shame and ridicule to the name of his Lord. And that's why you find many believers, when they have sinned, they quickly make amends with God. There's an episode of uh, Pilgrim's Joy at one time where the Holy Spirit led us to emphasize that a Christian, of course, you keep short account. You must keep Keep short accounts with God. Whenever you are in 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 in, in debit, and we're always in debit, you keep short accounts. You go quickly to the cross, uh, to the cross, and dip yourself uh, in the fountain and wash yourself with the blood of Jesus and hold on to His promise, who said, uh, "If you confess your sins." Is faithful and just to forgive and to cleanse us from all the righteousness. Even who I said, I will, I will not remember your sins anymore. And we must take Him at His word that when we sin. And the Holy Spirit convicts us of sin. We go quickly to the cross. We confess. We repent. We stop it. Uh, we stop that sin. And then you, I, I can assure you that you will find in God a merciful Father, the God who forgives, the God who forgives, the God who cleanses from all unrighteousness, and the God who is faithful not to bring our sins to remembrance again. But when Christians persist in sin, notwithstanding that the Holy Spirit has been nudging them to stop, this is what happens. Uh, the sin becomes exposed uh, to the world, primarily so that they can be shocked into into tracing their steps back to righteousness. But of course, the disgrace also follows it. So uh, that, that is to be said about the exposure of sin because there's no justification for it, no excuse for it. But with this story, we must also be uh, reflecting on those who leaked this video or this audio, those who leaked it uh, on the church's WhatsApp group. Now, there are some people who take it as their duty. They say, look, this my oh we have come into this we have come into possession of these of these of, of this gossip or even if it is true we have come into possession of this this matter this video or this audio capable capable of uh capable of letting or bringing down a child of God or or, a, or any other Christian or the leader of a church or of a denomination. There are some people who say that. They say, look, we are coming to position of this. We have to expose it. And some people find justification for that. Looking through the scriptures where Paul wrote saying, I have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. And they say, look, it's my duty to expose these things. I mean, 
it's a it's a delicate matter from where i stand in my own view i will say to myself i do not want god to use me as an instrument to bring down anybody as an instrument to disgrace anybody i would rather if i came into possession of a material like that i would rather pray on it i would rather go to that person all of that things considered and confront him and ask him to repent to repent of it and to stop it rather than exposing it on say a whatsapp group or any other platform like that i do not know what you think about this but i suppose and that's what even what our lord our lord teaches our lord said to us if any man is caught in a sin let that person be approached you go to that person and say to that person this is what you have done and i've come into possession of this this is not godly this brings shame and reproach not only to yourself and to your family and to the church but also to the name of god oh that you will repent brother oh that you repent sister of course if that person then fails to repent and continues in that uh in that sinful conduct it it may then be proper uh to bring it into light so that uh that iniquity uh, may be washed away from the body from the body of christ but so uh, we do not have all the facts of this matter right now i do hope that those who linked this this uh, audio on the on that church's whatsapp group did not do it out of spite did not do it out of uh, out of just you know a desire to see the man embarrassed and he was indeed embarrassed so much so that he committed he committed suicide there are also some people who some people would take delight in exposing things like this just to bring shame and ridicule to the name of Christ. Some people don't know that they're actually acting in the interest of Satan when they do things like this. They're actually acting in the interest of the powers of darkness. The powers of darkness delight in seeing the people of God shamed, in seeing the people of God ridiculed, in seeing the people of God bring shame and reproach to the name of Christ. Right. So when they find opportunities like that, they put it in people's and they look, go and go and expose it, go and expose it and bring it and bring it into light. Of course, this is not to excuse the works of darkness among God's people. It should not be found among you. That's what Paul wrote. So these things should not be named among you. There are things that should not be named among the people of God. And we must start from that point, and that's the point from which we started, saying that sins and iniquity should not be named among us. If we say we are without sin, we deceive ourselves, but we must keep short account with God. Short account, when we fall into sin, we quickly go to him, confessing, repenting, and then we can be assured that he will forgive. We will not bring our sins to remembrance any longer. But then when we fail to do that, when we fail to do that, we give opportunity for the agents of Satan to bring disgrace and, and shame to the name of of god among us it should not be so it should not be so but i I think we have made the point now that for a christian coming into possession of a material like that a material exposing another brother or another sister engaged in sinful conduct or a church leader i think the first thing to do not not just even that i think that's what jesus teaches the first thing to do is to approach that person not not uh in a manner of saying see see yourself you are so you are a disgrace but to counsel such a one and say what have you done what have you done not that you have even sinned against your wife or your children you have you have sinned against god you have sinned against, and that's why i always say this and some people laugh when i say it i say when in a christian marriage when a spouse is caught in adultery the other spouse who is 
who is godly, who is in Christ, should be worried more for the cheating spouses, disobedience to God, more for the cheating spouses sinfulness than for the cheated spouses honor. And many people laugh when I say this like this. I think look, don't the 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 cheated spouse ought not to be as worried about his or her own honor and say, look, he cheated on me, she cheated on me, I'm not I'm, I'm angry, but should be worried if the cheating spouse is a professing Christian, should be worried to say, look, how did you fall into this? Being a Christian, have you lost your 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 relationship with God? How did you allow it to be so broken that you descended into this sin? Some people say that that is just theoretical, that uh, if it happens, one would be worried for oneself. I do pray that it don't happen to me. So I don't have a, I don't have experience in this, and I don't and I don't pray to have any experience in this. But but really, that that should be it. That should be it. We should be worried for brothers and sisters who fall into sin, and not uh, because their sins have the effect of hurting us or hurting our pride, but more because uh, when a Christian brother, a Christian sister persists in sin or engages in a great girl sin, it is because. It is because it is because there is something broken in that person's relationship with God, with God, and that should really sober us. That should really sober us. So, on the one hand, we have talked about the person engages in the Christian engages sin, and how the way God works is that when a Christian fails to repent, despite the Holy Spirit nudging, the sin becomes exposed, primarily to shock that person into repentance. That's what I believe happened in this case to that pastor from Arare. Second is we look at those who come into possession of materials like that. You may say that, oh, what if God is using them uh, to expose the sin of that person? What if God is using them uh, to be the shock, uh, to, to bring that shock treatment to the to the sinning Christian? Yeah, that could be the case. But who wants to be such an instrument? I do not want to be such an instrument in the hand of God. I want to be the instrument that God will use to bring somebody into repentance in the secret, I do not want to be the instrument that God will use to bring anybody to shame and ridicule. I don't want to be the instrument that God will use to bring any Christian, any of his own children, to shame and ridicule. I do not want to be the instrument that God will use to punish any of his children. And then third, we talk about this man himself, the pastor who committed suicide. Should he have committed suicide? Is there any sin that God cannot forgive? Is there any situation that one can fall into from which one may not be redeemed. Many people have said that even Judas Iscariot, uh, except that we know that it, it has been written of him, that that would be his lot, that has been written of him. But looking at the case, the Judas Iscariot case is always used, just an example to say that uh, there is no falling that cannot be remedied. Before God, so much so that if this pastor from Marare, if he had summoned enough uh, enough courage, and if only he would believe strongly, strongly in the power of God to restore, he would not have committed suicide. It's quite unfortunate that he committed suicide and 
Well, I do hope, we do not know the full fact of this matter, that uh, he had a discussion with God, he repented of his sins before uh, he committed suicide. This is so sad on all fronts, and I hope, and I, I suppose that those who exposed this leaked, uh, what, leaked, leaked audio on WhatsApp themselves must at this point now begin to regret it. They must begin to regret it because... That should not be the intention at all. They, they, they ought to have approached him first. Did they approach him first? I, we do not know. Maybe they did that, uh, but he persisted in that symphony. And, and I think finally, something we must mention is, you know, the disgrace that sin brings to all, the disgrace that sin brings to the Christian. And when the Lord says to us, be holy as I am holy, it's not just that he wants us to be holy for his own name's sake. That is part of it. For his own name's sake, we are called to it. But that is the primary purpose of it. But Moses, remember what Moses said to the Israelites? said, for your own good, he gave you this loss. For your own good, he gave you this loss. And I do pray, if any one of us is engaged in a secret sin, that the Holy Spirit will not give such a person rest. The Holy Spirit will not give such a person rest until such a one comes into full repentance. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, again, or next, let's talk about this story coming out from Edo State, South South Nigeria. Uh, and I'm taking this report from the leadership newspaper. It says Edo grooms dance in chaos about Benin's anger as Palace places curse. So the dance engaged in by a groom at a wedding has incurred the wrath. The anger of the Oba of Benin as the Oba has asked his palace to place a curse on that groom. And the question we're asking is, well, what did that groom engage in uh, that warranted the Oba of Benin to place a curse or to threaten to place a curse on him? When I read this report yesterday, it was not clear uh, whether the curse had been placed on him or whether the Oba was threatening was threatening to place a customer. I want to listen to this. Listen to this. I'm taking this from the leadership newspaper. It says, The Oba of Benin, or by a warrior II, has frowned at a dance by a groom, Izodua Imaswen, at his traditional wedding ceremony, in which the groom and his men danced and twirled the traditional event. That is called the traditional scepter. The wedding ceremony, which was captured in a video that has gone viral on social media, has incurred the wrath of the revered monarch for undermining the age-long tradition of the Benin Kingdom. The Oba, in a statement dated October 18, 2023, and signed by the SRA of Benin, Chief S.O. Obamwanyi, described the action of the celebrant as an abomination, an aberration, and a distortion of Benin traditional marriage process and procedures. He warned that only chief tenancy title holders are traditionally allowed to twirl the Eben. The Eben, again, is the royal scepter of the Oba of Benin. He said only title holders are traditionally allowed to twirl the Eben while paying homage to the Oba of Benin, and it's never a part of wedding ceremony. The statement read, quote, The attention of the Benin traditional council has been drawn to a recent traditional marriage ceremony of one Izodua Imaswen, which took place on 26 August 2023. It was observed that during the marriage ceremony, Izodua Imaswen and his groomsmen were twirling the traditional event while dancing during the marriage ceremony. The general public should note that this act by Izodua Imaswen is an abomination 
an aberration and a distortion of Benin traditional marriage process and procedures. The twirling of Iben in Benin customs and tradition is by chief tensity to holders while paying homage to the Oba of Benin. Twirling of the Iben is never part of a marriage ceremony. The palace of the Oba of Benin condemned this act by Zodwa Masren and his groomsmen in all ramification. His Royal Majesty has instructed the Iwaise group to place a curse on all those that are undermining and bringing into frivolities and disrepute our highly valued age-long tradition. The general public, especially those that are planning traditional marriages, should endeavor to stick to the acceptable customs and tradition and avoid bastardization and self-imposed curses. End of quote. And I mean, that, that, that's the most interesting part of it, or most alarming, depending on how you view this, the part where we read uh, that the palace in Benin has instructed a group here called the Waisei group to place a curse, to place a curse on all those who are undermining and bringing frivolities and disrepute to the highly valued age-long tradition of the Benin kingdom. And I mean, you look at these things and you say to yourself, uh, well, a 21st century mind may not be able to fully understand what is at stake here. But clearly what is at stake is that uh, there are traditions in the Benin Kingdom where, I don't know whether you know what the Iben is, but if you have seen a number of, of movies uh, from Benin Kingdom, or if you have seen any video from the Palace of the Oba of Benin, you must have seen that wide, uh, that wide scepter, uh, metal, in, uh, metal in form, that wide scepter uh, held by the by the chiefs of Benin. And now we are reading, I did not know this before now, that it's only the chief tattoo holders in Benin who are allowed to swirl, to swirl it. They, they swirl the white dancing and paying homage to the Oba of Benin. What happened was that uh, this groom, at his own wedding ceremony, he organized for himself and his groomsmen to hold uh, the Iben and they were twirling it and this incurred the wrath of the palace. And now the palace is threatening to place to place a curse on him. And as, as a Christian, we're asking the questions whether curses do work. Whether curses work. Do curses work? Is it possible for a curse to be placed on, on people? Well, uh, if you believe that if you believe that powers of darkness exist, then you must necessarily believe that it is possible to place a curse on people. And of course, if you also remember the account from Numbers 23, you must recall how a king invited a diviner to place a curse. You remember that story? To place a curse against God's people, against God's people. So curses can be placed by people in uh, using powers of darkness of that, of, of, of that we know but what we know, what what encouragement we can take from Numbers twenty three twenty three. Remember it. I love to refer to that to that portion of the scripture. It says, "For there is no enchantment against Jacob, no divination against Israel. No curse can touch Jacob." Another version says, "No curse can touch Jacob. No magic has any power against Israel." So curses do exist, and I and I suppose that there are many people in Edo Kingdom, now in Benin Kingdom, who will be now afraid of what has come out from the palace. In fact, yesterday when I first came across this news, I was just imagining in my heart what that groom would be going through now. The groom himself, being a son of Benin, must be saying to himself, 
oh, I must be in dread or in distress. And there must be many people going to him now and saying, look, you are in trouble. Uh, the palace has placed a curse on you. And I can imagine if he refuses to go to the palace or to make amends, if anything untoward happens to him in the future, uh, he may be saying to himself, oh, perhaps it's because of the curse placed by the palace. I don't know how he's going to manage himself in this matter. Uh, if he has indeed done something wrong, he should apologize to the king but should not engage in anything fetish or anything diabolical or anything that would amount to worshiping any other god otherwise he is go, going to find himself even in deeper problems if he were to do anything fetish anything that does not glorify god anything that acknowledges any god other than the lord god almighty if he were to do that in pursuance of reading himself of the curse from the palace of Benin, then he will be getting into trouble with the Lord God Almighty, who is a jealous God, a jealous God who has said, that shall have no other God uh, before me. Uh, that's one way to look at this, for us to be assured that indeed there are curses, because uh, the closing paragraph of that statement from the palace of Benin is a reminder to us that curses exist. And that's something that will shock the secular mind in this age and say, look, do people still place curses but let's not be deceived we are not ignorant of the device of the devil we know that we are not fighting against flesh and blood powers and dark powers and principalities they do exist but we can take assurance from what we know so well that no curse no curse can touch jacob no magic has any power against israel that is not to say that we should go out there and do what we ought not to do if i do not see why a christian would want to twirl the eben at his wedding in the first place but the second uh, engagement can have with this story is to look at how the world and the powers of darkness how they call attention to those who go against their, their wishes and against their desires, who go against their precepts. Compare that with how God deals with those who go against his precepts. He's actually a good God who has said, come, let us reason together. When, he, when the Lord said in Isaiah 1, when he said, come, let us reason together, he was not talking to people who, who had done pleasing things, to him, he was not talking to people who were in in good communion with him, in fellowship with him. He was talking to people who had gone their ways. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned each one to his own way. He was talking to those people, people who had wandered away far from him, people that he had redeemed from from bondage in Israel, people whom he had selected for himself, people whom he had saved. He had given land. He had people for on whose account he had defeated kings, mighty kings, but would notwithstanding had turned their backs to him, had gone their different ways, had worshipped other gods, and of course had found themselves in trouble. Yet our Lord said to them, Come now, come now, let us reason together. Let us reason together. And that's the way the Lord draws his own children, like a mother draws her children. Like a hand draws a cheek. That's the way the Lord draws his own people. We have to compare that with what the people of the world, what they do uh, when people go against their precepts, against their will. They threaten to place curse. They threaten to place curses on those who disobey them. And that is why, on a lighter note, some people say about Nigeria, they say, look, when political leaders, when they take oath to be faithful to the constitution of Nigeria and to act in the best interest of Nigeria, perhaps they should not be taking oath uh, before the Lord God Almighty revealed to us in the Bible, but before, you know, lesser gods who are not as, as who are not merciful at all, 
who are not forbearing, who are harsh, and who would who would bring judgment on those who bring their vows before him. But but that's a lighter note, of course. Yeah, from from that expression, you find so so many fallacies embedded in that. But I think it's something worth celebrating. Something worth celebrating that God does not deal with us by saying, "Look, if you do this, I'm going to place a curse on you. If you do this, I'm going to bring the sword on you and cut off your head." That's not the way the Lord deals with us. He said, "Come." Come now, let us present together. Let us present together. He, he, he presents himself to us as a father, a loving father who would not withhold anything good from his children. He presents himself to us as a mother, a caring mother who would not hear the cry of our children and pretend not to hear. He presents himself to us as our friend, as our friend who would let us into secrets, into deep and secret things. He presents to he presents himself to us as our defender, as our defender who will shield us even from the curses of the evil one. Although he presents himself to us also as a judge, and that's what we must never forget as well at the end of time, that that he's going to come and he's going to judge the living and the dead. Well, we do pray that this groom, the groom in this case, would receive wisdom on how to navigate his way with the palace of Benin in this matter. But this much we know, none who is on the lost side will ever be touched by any curse in this world. And everyone on the lost side should celebrate him who has said, come to me, all you who labor and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, from, for my yoke is easy and my body is light. My yoke is easy and my body is light. No wonder, no wonder the psalmist wrote in Psalm 16, saying their sorrow shall be multiplied who hasten after another God. Their sorrow shall be multiplied who hasten after God. And then he said, oh, their drink offerings of blood I will not offer, nor take up their names on my lips. Oh, the joy of those who are on the Lord's side, and oh, the sorrow, oh, the sorrow of those who are not on his side. And finally, this morning, let's engage with this story, the story that many people uh, celebrated yesterday, how the Google Doodle celebrated Nigerian legendary footballer Rashidi Yekini's 60th birthday. Uh, if you recall, uh, or if you were active online yesterday, you must have noticed uh, that the Google Doodle was changed to the picture or the 